0: Hooked Bear episode 131, that is Connor Ryan, I'm Evan Maranowski. Connor, what
1: is up? Evan, I'm doing well, how are you doing?
0: Doing great, doing great, Bruins are fresh off a New York sweep, just showed up to New York, quick little two day road trip, boom,
1: out of there, two wins. Two, two wins, four points, a trip to the M&M factory, what more do you need back home?
0: In Times Square... Why not? Uh, Quick trip. Good trip. Seven. uh, Going into the New York trip, I believe seven of the eight Bruins upcoming games were on the road. So lots of home games in the first half. Definitely going to be less in the second. Going to get used to those away rinks and the other teams, dark jerseys. Honestly, I think the Bruins should institute. I know this isn't really in the works, but they should institute the Pooh bears on the road more.
1: Why not? I mean, they should just bring them back even more. The fact that, I know that, like, now in the second half of the year, they're going to do a lot more of the winter classic ones, which, as I think we both said, Steven person, pretty slick, pretty good, but yes. you can't just, like, throw away the Pooh Bears after, like, six – I think there's only six total games. Like, keep on switching back and forth what they need to do, which I know they won't, but uh, it's like when you see in college hockey, when a team's, like, in, like, a playoff game, like, for hockey, each, and they bring out, like, their alternates for a game, or, like, the bean pot. Chef's Beautiful. kiss. Be you taking like they're all red alternates for like a beanbag game or, or a NCAA game. Beautiful. They'll never do it the Bruins. Like you'll never see them like wear the Pooh Bears in like a, a Stanley Cup game. Game but
0: seven of the second round.
1: <laughs> it, that's the thing is like they would do that and they would lose and people will, will all blame like the Pooh Bear. Like that's what it will come down. It's like when, remember when Belichick wore... With like a red sweatshirt. You wore for, a red uh, sweatshirt Bell- for the 07. Yeah. And everyone's like, yeah. uh, that was the original. The vibes are off. Was like Bill Belichick wearing a red sweatshirt. That's where it all started. So maybe not for a, a high stakes Stanley Cup game, but I'd like to see it in for a few more, a couple of early round playoff games. Why not?
0: I don't even get like for for um the rest of the regular season. Why don't why is that jersey not used more? Um for away games, because it, it, the other team doesn't have to plan around it. Like, it's still a a white jersey. Wear it. I I, I don't you have them on stock. And honestly, they look better. I, they, they look good. They look slick. So um, I don't know why they don't change it up more. That's why I like the NBA, what the NBA does. I think we've talked about this where, like, I don't know the exact rules of the NBA with, with jerseys, but it feels like teams just kind of wear what they want. Although mm. I don't like the look of Celtics green. Like the I don't like the, like the, the their alternate they one,
1: the, the, the one that looks like Bucks jerseys. Well, the, the one they wore
0: against the Warriors, I I don't oh, think they yeah. should wear, they shouldn't be wearing those at home. They, they should be white or something else. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. That's just me. That's a, that's a weird preference. I well, have.
1: It's, it's even, don't forget the Red Sox, when they clinched in 2018, they wore those like blue alternate road ones too, you know? So again, yes. just saying, and I don't even like those ones. I think the Red Sox blue alternate, like road ones stink. Batting all for all for the all yeah, all for the, the all red Red Sox jerseys. Those those are the those are the best ones. Those are the Chef Kiss ones.
0: Or the Bruins have to come up with uh jerseys that look similar to their Red Sox warm up old time unis at the winter class and make a hockey yes. jersey into that. That's what they should do. That's what the people are really want. Yes. You know? like candy canes out on the ice. Um, but into Bruins talk because things just continue to roll. It is, I, Connor, you know, we've said this a lot this year. There's something different about this team. You know, we've, but you and I, credit to us, we're high on this team from the jump. I don't think we were this high. I don't think anybody could possibly be this high, Uh, but it continues to roll. And one interesting development this year is Patrice Bergeron in that uh, against the Islanders on, uh, on Wednesday night, takes a puck straight to the face, just deflected, you know, unexpected boom right right to the face and he's goes to the locker room comes right back out plays the rest of the game plays against the rangers and my god if that is not the most respected player in the national hockey league if that is not the gold standard for what any team would want in their captain i don't know what is because my goodness seeing him come out like that ooh, quite yeah. the leader Quite the yeah,
1: yeah, it's something where you look at that and the immediate optics of it, where he goes right down the tunnel with the towel over his face. You're like, oh, that's not great. But were were any of us surprised to see him back out there like two minutes later, like his nose literally at like a ninety degree <laughs> angle? No, like that's just kind of the player he is. And you look at all that he's played through over the years: uh, fractured ribs, uh, you know, broken noses, you know, collapsed lung in the 2013 Stanley Cup Final. All this stuff. It's just powerful, of course, for him to play through that. But I think it once again shows, one, obvious the, the obvious thing, how, how tough this guy is and how he can play through these things. But I think also you listen to guys after the game, whether it's a guy like Marchand or Olmark or any of these players, I think just the, the reverence they have for him, it's something that I think we've kind of touched on before. But, you know, you look at across all different sports, there's obviously a lot of buy-in from a, a team-wide in terms of, Winning for a veteran, the respect for a veteran leader in the room, what have you. But I think Bergeron's like just a special case in terms of just how much they do revere and respect this guy and what his role is. Like, I don't think you've seen a collective buy in from a a whole roster surrounding one player and, you know, being cognizant of what the stakes are and not just the contention window that they're in and, you know, how many more years they can, you know, get a kick at the can like this, but to also win and try to play for a guy like Bergeron and, you know, play to his standard. Um, you know, that buy-in for a player like that is special. It's something you don't see, you know, across sports, not even in hockey, I think, in terms of just how much that centers around the identity, the drive of this team. You know, it's obviously these guys all play for each other. They have a collective goal in in terms of winning a Stanley Cup, and they're, you know, they realize the opportunity they have, but to, you know, have that be centered around one player, an established veteran captain like Bergeron, it's special. Like you, I really don't think you see it that often in terms of just how you know, not how much hold he has, but just how much the, the team gravitates around him in his every move. It's it's something that, you know, you look at Bergeron and his career and obviously surefire Hall of Famer, the best defensive forward ever. But I think when you look even just outside of the the play on the ice, uh, his impact on this team, you can't even kind of put it into can't put it into analytics, can't put it into a heat map, can't do any of that stuff. Can't even look at the, the stat book. Uh, it's special what he does uh, for this team. You know the
0: phrase, you don't know what you have until it's gone. It's, a, it's an unfortunate phrase, but when you think about it, I think it became very real for not just Bruins fans and management, but I also think it became very real for players last summer when there was a real chance he was retiring. Like, for a long time, we kind of sat here and said, all right, feels like he could retire. New coach, like, a lot of injuries at the beginning of the year. Why, you know, like, it just doesn't look like a very great situation to walk back into. And I think for a lot of those players, it was like, oh, my God, he came back. We need to make the most of this. Like the, the thought of not having him and, and you know, blowing other chances is scary. And I think you're seeing that on the ice. I think it's not just Bergeron. It's Krejci. It's Felino, It's uh, even guys like Marshan, right? Like playing, doing it for them. And I think you, know, you just see with, with Bergeron alone. I mean as you said the 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 consummate professional the consummate leader um I've never seen as you said I've never seen a team rally around a veteran like him but I would also say there's no veteran like him in the league there's lots of great veterans I'm not that's not what I'm saying but there's nobody like Patrice Bergeron there will never you know be a guy like Patrice Bergeron who um stays with one team his whole career is as perfect as he is in every possible way um and this hits at the other point of he doesn't look like a guy who is going to retire after this season, just given how good he still is. The Athletic put out their their tiers, uh, which you know, again, uh, you know, player tiers and uh mid season form. And you know, obviously there's ones we disagree with, but Bergeron is still up there. Bergeron is still in the upper echelon of players. Uh, I think it was like the one B tier or two B. Yeah. I I, I, I forget. I he's uh, right
1: below the maybe he was I think he was like the third overall tier. I think it's like McDavid and like McKinnon and Matthews are in one tier, then it's like Pasta and those guys. I think Bergeron's maybe the tier right below. Just still, what, top 20 player, top 15 yeah. player. So still really good. <laughs> really, really good. Not
0: bad. And I just, you know, you look at that, and you look at the play on the ice, and you say, well, this guy could continue to play for three more years and be completely fine. But you also look at the injury that took place Wednesday, the, the puck to the face, and you think of all the, the, the shit he has been through over his career, and you think to yourself, like, you know, as he's leaving the ice, going down the tunnel with his nose like this, like is he not just kind of like, man, I don't know how much more of this I really want to deal with? And who could blame him? I mean, the 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 concussion in two thousand and seven, the the uh, collapsed lung in the twenty thirteen. I mean, you can go through the laundry list of injuries, but then you also have the other side of things, which is he's still playing really well. What do you think?
1: Yeah, it's something that is definitely what he'll weigh. I I think even if he's playing at a high level, he's still not going to be a guy that, I think we both agree with That he's not going to be a guy that's going to play until he's 40 and transition into like a really savvy defensive third-line center. He's going to be a a top-line center and he's going to retire probably at still 85-90% of his game, if not, again, even this year. He's right now, I think, the front runner for the Southie. He's having, once again, uh, one of his best seasons, if not, again, one of his best. And when you look at just his defensive numbers are insane for what his matchups are the minutes he gets but again it's you weigh it against just the 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 offseason conditioning the the constant uh grind of a season like as you just said playing great playing awesome teams great then also you're probably getting your nose reset the next morning after icing it all night and you're probably like shit all right this all right this weighs on you right and so I I think it's something that he you know he even mentioned last uh this past off season when he went through the uh decision to come back of you know it's not just how much he loves the game which he still does and how much he still think he has left in the tank but it's also family and you know weighing those obviously very important priorities as well. So um we'll see kind of what happens, right? I think it's such a, a thing that is so consequential for this team in terms of Bergeron's future, but it's also so up in the air, right? Because it can if the Bruins win the cup, then he probably goes out on top. But again, if they get a few rounds, who knows what the next step is. So it's something that uh will be fascinating uh to watch probably scary for a lot of Bruins fans as he mows that decision but in terms of the factors leading into whatever decision he makes I don't think it has to go around or revolves around his play and it's slipping at all because it hasn't
0: no not at all and and what's funny is I don't know this team has such an all-in feel such a team of destiny feel if they didn't win, right? If they get, let's just say they get to the conference final and they lose or the cup final and they lose I to expect that the same teams that to come back the next year, do it all again and try it all again. That's a high expectation. I almost feel like that's like if they were out in the first round, then he might be like, I'm coming back. But if it's to do that all over again and have everything go right the way it has this season and then have it not work out and then come back in hopes that it happens again. I don't know. That's a tough one. Again, that's so far down the line, but th- this Bergeron retirement thing is interesting. I know there was the behind the beat clip where he says like, I'm not leaving. Um, but again, that was for the moment. He's not going to be like, guys, I'm actually retiring at the end of this year. So <laughs> please stop. <laughs> like you're not going to say that. I also don't think they would have put that. Uh, if you did say that, I don't think it'll put that in the documentary. I, think would, the, I don't think they would have the made show. it through
1: after the, after the Sagan trade, I think they are a little bit more. Again, <laughs> it's a great program. And they do showcase a lot behind the scenes. Probably some stuff. They're like, you know what?
0: Yeah. yeah. It's No, it's funny. The Behind the B thing, it's always been fascinating to me cuz it's it's maybe the best behind the scenes hockey show um in the <laughs> NHL. I I don't like religiously watch the others, but from the years of Behind the B, I have to say it's probably the best. Um and it's a fascinating look at everything that they do. Um but yeah, I I think Bergeron turned around and said, "You know, I'm not... actually guys, I think I might leave at the end of this year. I don't think that would have been uh in the final thing. Safe bet. Safe bet that probably wouldn't have been in it. Uh, but we're talking really
1: safe bets, we're talking about our good friends over at Bet Online. Right, you are, Evan. Listen up, guys. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your bet needs and sports info. Over Bet Online, you can still find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, the latest fighting news, NFL bets, and yes, with the NHL back, even more wages and odds. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, from live betting, to playoffs, esports, and more. It's super easy to get started. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to join and use our promo code CLNS50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's promo code CLNS50. Bet online where the game
0: starts. Starts where the game starts. So uh, for a long time this season, one of the narratives we kept talking about was Omar is playing amazing, but at some point, you're going to have to pump the brakes on him a little bit. Give him some time to rest up for the postseason. You don't want him worn down. And part of the reason that really could never happen was Swayman, uh, Jeremy Swayman really couldn't find a groove. It just, you know, had an injury and just, you know, season got off to a tough start. Never really found his game until now, until now. Jeremy Swayman, 6-0-2 in his last eight, 941 save percentage and a shutout. Uh, he has been spectacular of late. Uh, and it's at the perfect time. It's coming at the perfect time. Calendar turns 2023. Uh, you know, couple more months left to the season. Let him, you know, find his groove. Take a was lot say, of- I, was <laughs> yeah, I
1: thought you were going to say, let him let cook.
0: Let him cook as well. Yes. Hold on. Let say. him cook. Absolutely. Uh, but at the same time, I do think that it, it's coming at a good time because you can give Omar a little bit of rest, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I think you look at it- one, it's good because you've got two goalies on heaters right now, too. And I mean, how demoralizing is it for a team that you probably already <laughs> look at how good the Bruins are, how much depth they have. You have uh, Old Mark, who's putting up Vezina numbers, video game numbers. And then you have Swayman, who I don't think teams probably look at it like, all right, this is an easier matchup, but all right, like we're not, at least we're not getting Old Mark today. And then you look at that game against the Rangers and the amount of grade A stops, breakaways at Swayman corralled. And it wasn't even like he was. Making the, these highly real stops, he was just so you know square to the puck, was tracking pucks well that he made a lot of really dangerous uh, chances for the Rangers, but pretty easy with his saves. So he's locked in right now, playing at a really high level. You had already mentioned his stat line, but uh, it's great all around. You know, not only does it make an already very, very, very good Brooms team that much better, but you have Swayman bad. who, yeah, you have swingman who started the year slow. He's getting his confidence back. He's still a guy that even though Omar is clear number one. It's not to say that Swayman is getting relegated to you know just pure backup duty. Like the Bruins ideally want to have this two-headed monster net. Um and for Swayman you you get that added motivation of of fighting for those reps. And the Bruins are going to need him to keep on playing at that level. As you said, this can't be a situation that the Bruins go into this playoff with Linus Omar whose career high in stats in the season was 41. They can't have them play 60-plus games. You can't have that happen because if there's one thing that I think you look at this team in terms of a question mark for the playoffs, it's probably unfair to say it's the goaltending because they've been otherworldly so far this year. But you need to have them rested and playing at their their best level and peaking at the right time. You don't want this, these guys to, you know, go into March where the schedule really ramps up again and start hitting a bit of a lull. And then you go into the – last thing you want to do is to the start of the playoffs, have, like, all mark finish the year, like, With like a nine, 10, say percentage in his last like six or seven stats and be like, oh, what exactly is that? Like, again, that's not to, that's probably fear mongering on my part, but uh, you just need both those guys playing at a high level. So stoking um, the flames. Yes, exactly. That's like the one thing in the back of my head. I'm always like, I really, we'll see what happens there in terms of uh, everything operating at a high level beyond just the obvious injuries. But um, yeah, Swayman, if he can start. You know, If they can make it a 60-40 split or even 55% split in favor of swimming down the stretch here, it'd be huge, not just to get him uh, confident in building his game, but you just need to give Allmark a bit of a respite here down the second half.
0: Again, I think what you don't want is you don't want to, as you kind of alluded to, you don't want to hit the first round. And when pe- when we're talking about, you know, first round matchups, people are like, oh, the Bruins were great all year. And then the last month and a half, Allmark started to show that he was human and the team started to, you know falter a bit, like you don't want the losing streaks or anything like that happening in late March, you know, mid to late March and early April. You don't want that then. Um, so I think it's good to get Swayman reps and uh, more time in that uh, down the stretch here, because as you said, he's been terrific. He was great against New York um, on Thursday night, and hopefully for him, uh, that kind of continues. Uh, the one negative of this whole show, Brandon Carlo uh, took a shot right off the right leg in the game against the Rangers on Thursday. Uh, team announced he was out with a lower body injury, didn't return to the game. Obviously a lot of minutes thrown on the rest of the decor. Uh, hopefully things are all good with him. I will say at least it's not a head injury with him, given his history with concussions. I think that's a that's step one of it. You know, It's better that it wasn't his head, obviously. Um, but I do think that this hits at a bigger thing. And that is that at the deadline, probably wouldn't hurt to... Obviously we talk about Horvat and we talk about the big fish, but it really wouldn't hurt if you went out and got a depth right shot defenseman because after Carlo and Clifton um, and McAvoy, it's a bit tougher. You know, Strawman's a good veteran, but can you rely on him in a playoff series? I don't know. Mike Riley has not played much this year, so I think you. This kind of emphasizes the need for hey, go out and add a little depth on the right
1: side. Yeah, exactly. And it's something. Like it's not just you look at Vernon Carlo who. Obviously, has those injury concerns. You know, thankfully, it, this wasn't it. It was just another really bad break, but that comes with the job, right? In terms of these guys and uh, the amount of punishment they take day in and day out, and it, you, you can go in with the best laid plans of the postseason in terms of your decor, but all it takes is a, a puck going off the shin or a broken bone or what have you. To all of a sudden, you're left scrambling. So, yes, the Bruins have an option for right now with a guy like uh, Jakob Zboril who hasn't played his best this year but i think it does reinforce the fact that you still probably need another guy back there on defense it, it's just going to be tough because i think you look over the last couple of years how the trade market is and, and how wacky it can get in terms of what the asking prices are like a guy like shen or one of these guys that's veteran odd-nosed the exact guy you want to add to your team everyone wants that guy now like yes, every single guy even the if they don't have and there seems to probably need him to be a legit third pairing everyday guy like the Bruins would probably just want a guy that's there for added depth to to really round up the roster. So it's going to be tough in terms of getting those, you know, guys that fit in perfectly for, for what your role is without having to give up for early and overpay. Um, But I think it does reinforce the point. The Bruins have to look for at least some depth, whether that's on defense up front. Like we always talk about guys like Bo Horvat or what have you, but if they can add another guy that could, not play every day, but full, fill in on the fourth line when needed when you do an extra body in the bottom six. I think that's more and more what the Bruins should be looking at and probably what is most realistic for what this team is going to do once we get to the trade deadline.
0: I mean, you just look at the amount of shots Derek Forbert's been blocking. Like, you know, n- not to say he's going to get injured from that, but you don't know what one of those shots could do. Like, again, as you said, it can just a, – a decor can just be ruptured like that. And I think, um, as you said, with a guy like Shen – it's funny because if Luke Shen gets dealt in like August, it's for like, I don't know what, like a fifth round pick, fourth round pick or something, something small. Now at the deadline, it'll be like, you know, top, you know, a mid-tier prospect and like a second round pick or something like that. Something exor- exorbitant. Um, But again, if you want to Stanley Cup out of that, I guess it makes sense. Uh, but hopefully Carlo's all right. Uh, it just kind of hits at the deeds. With the deadline, we will have more on the, uh, the trade deadline coming up. It's only six weeks away now, so a little over a month, uh, but it is, it will be here before you know it. Uh, teams like Carolina are going to be very in on it after Max Pacioretty most likely is that was I think. done for the year after I'm guessing another good. thing. It looked horrible. Um, but again, that's 7 million in cap space that they have to play with now. So uh, I would imagine, you know, they'll be in on the Horbat stuff and we'll have more coverage of that. Uh, Connor, what can people look forward to from you over at boston.com.
1: Yeah, we're going to have you again, covered every step away this season with a uh, Bruins content, um, not just Bruins content though. Uh, I was over at the Celtics Warriors game, which was a fantastic game uh, on Thursday. So we had coverage from that and whether it's, Red Sox and their offseason, the Patriots and their very interesting offseason. And of course, Bruins coverage that you know and love. All that will be over at Boston.com. So please follow along over there. And if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can at Connor Ryan underscore 93.
0: Go do all that. I'll plug something as well. Uh, I have a Bruins story coming. I've not had many Bruins stories this year, but I do have one coming, I believe on Monday it involves Brad Marchand and some interesting stuff, some interesting uh, a story I think you guys will enjoy. So, make sure to go subscribe over to New England Hockey Journal to get a little taste of that. Uh, and that is Connor Ryan. I'm Evan Marinovsky, Poke the Bear listeners. Have a great rest. Have your week.